So, uh, Sister Debbie's asking a question about the the Gospels and the overwhelming uh, focus on the last week of his life, which in, in John is almost half of the book, but several chapters in the other Gospels. And that. Oh, did did, did the Lord actually say more things? And you know, teaching his disciples in that last week, or some other reason. Is the last week when he when he came in in the donkey? Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the beginning of the week, right? Yeah, that yes. would be today in the church calendar is Palm Sunday. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. The last verse of the Gospel of John. Yeah. <laughs> right. There are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself should not contain the books that should be written. I, I mean, I, I, that doesn't obviously mean that you couldn't chronicle everything that he said and did, but mm -hmm. that the uh, human words would not be able to fully develop all that he said and did. So obviously the Holy Spirit has uh, um, seen fit to bring before us the um, that which led up to his crucifixion, which is, of course, all time and eternity looks to. You know, there's the declaration in Matthew as we, you know, speak of his kingship. That's established. So it's the king's crucified and Mark, you know, the perfect servant. And that's established. And then we go to his rejection and crucifixion. And Luke, uh, his manhood. I mean, all the things in John is deity. I mean, all those things that the Holy Spirit wanted to bring before us uh, has been brought before us. And so now he takes the center stage. I mean, he always has that, but I mean, center stage in the sense of the uh, uh, full enmity of man against God is now, uh, you know, brought before us and his perfect response uh, to it. In other words, when would you ever see <clears throat> a greater display of all that man should be and all that the Lord Jesus was, uh, except in that crucible of time uh, leading up to Calvary and Calvary itself? Don't you think there would probably be more, uh, certainly, I would think there'd be a lot more <clears throat> prophecies about the Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled the last week of his life than there were the rest of his life as well. Certainly mm -hmm. his birth, you know, and uh, his ministry in general. But, uh, you know, when it comes to fulfilled prophecy, I would think the last week of his mm -hmm. life would be by far the most prophecies fulfilled about him mm -hmm. except the second coming mm -hmm. 
you know. But that would that would be because you know we're dealing with that which the past looks forward to, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. the future looks back to. Yes, right. Uh, even uh, I, in a, in also the birth of Jesus Christ, there were so many prophecies fulfilled surrounding that uh, event. Also, so both birth and death. I don't know which one to compare between the two. Which had the most prophecies compared? Either way. Uh, Lots to be said about that. After all, Christ himself said, I am the word. But there's not a lot of commentary in the epistles uh, about um, Mm -hmm. the events of his life Mm -hmm. and you know, it's more looking at the results mm-hmm. of Calvary. But, you know, I mean, though Peter mentions uh, that uh, um, when he was reviled, he reviled not again, uh, threatened and committed. Uh, he committed himself to him that judges righteously. We read in Hebrews for the joy that was set before him, he endured, but it's mm-hmm. it's uh, and we're to walk, you know. John says to walk even as he walked and bringing before the perfections of him as a man. But it's mostly, it seems, the results of his redemption and the claim uh, and our responsibility to um, uh, w- what that means to us is being mm-hmm. bought with a price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where was the, I thought it was in Acts, that uh, Peter or someone basically summed up his life in the few words of what about doing good? Yeah, 10. In Cornelius' house. Oh, okay. Yeah, 10, uh, 38. But it's, it's like, you know, we don't read anything from... From his birth to 12, we have one event at 12, then from mm-hmm. 12 to 30, right. nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the majority is the three and a half years of his ministry at leading up to his death. Mm-hmm. But the father commented at the age of 30 upon those previous years, well, the Holy Spirit did in Luke's gospel regarding he increased in wisdom, stature, favor with God and with men. But when the father said, this is my beloved son. So there's heaven's commentary upon his first 30 years. And um, John the Baptist, you know, this is the Lamb of God, take away the sin of the world. At the beginning of John's gospel, because in John's gospel, he starts out rejected. He was uh, in the world, the world was made by him, the world knew him not, came to his own, his own received him not. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
he, he's, he's, you know, he's set before us as the, the perfect man. And then in his ministry, of course, uh, I like that, that uh, what someone has mentioned about in the desert, he bound the strong man. That's, you know, one chapter, <clears throat> not even that in Gospel of Mark, for instance, but uh, uh, he bound the strong man in his ministry. He spoiled his house. So he he set the, the captives free for three and a half years, having uh, taken um, control uh, as far as the devil having no place in him. And uh, so he went into his house and, and delivered uh, ca the captives. But the full deliverance couldn't be uh, uh, fully not just appreciated or known, but couldn't be until sin had been atoned for. But there was only one time when the Lord said, but this is your hour in the power of darkness. So the, this is, you know, the, 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 the events of the cross, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, Brother Marty, and the prophetic statements uh, regarding it. I mean, th this is, uh, you know, this is the, the centerpiece of yes of everything of all time. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. Sort of the center of time. Yes. And right. eternity. Right. And eternity. Yes. And uh, you know the fact that God does bring forward the uh, players in and around this this time whether it's the chief priest whether it's judas whether it's mm -hmm. Pilate, right. Pilate's wife mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um herod who he was sent to just the the tracing of mm -hmm. of the horrific act of of enmity of man in in and cruelty and injustice mm -hmm. toward um, the Son of God. And, and that's why um, that enmity is very pronounced in Revelation 20 when after a thousand years of his rule and righteousness that sinners are born that cannot stand Yes, you know, to be restrained mm -hmm. from the corruption that's in our heart, yes, they, right. they they hate him. Yes, right. Outwardly uh, obedient, outwardly restrained. Yeah, since righteousness is meted out on a daily basis, outwardly obedient. Yeah, and then Psalm two, isn't it? Yeah. Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage and people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against Jehovah and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision and shall I speak unto them of his wrath and vex them with his sore displeasure. Yet I have set 
and yet have I set my king Amen. on my holy hill. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. And so on. Mm -hmm. Verse 12. Kiss the son, lest to be angry, and you perish from the way. And his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are they that put their trust in him. And uh, I remember... I remember a comment from previous meetings years ago. I remember Lance mentioned about uh, the cross having that significance. Yet, uh, yet uh, used by many people around their neck to decorate also their fingers and uh, in their bodies, but have no realization what those symbolizes or what they signify. In other words, the cross is just used as a jewelry, a decoration, or perhaps uh, some kind of a charm, some kind of an item used to uh, drive away evil stuff. Uh, but the scripture says otherwise. It's more than that, and as was mentioned earlier, it is the centerpiece of time uh, and for eternity. After all, that was the uh, the reason Christ died for us, and that that was done on the cross. I think of that scripture you mentioned, Brother Marty, uh, uh, where Peter says uh, in 1038, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost with power. So that's the beginning of his ministry, right? Mm -hmm. That's that three and a half years. <clears throat> Who went about doing good, yes. healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Yes. We are his witnesses. We are witnesses of all these things, which he did. The land of the Jews mm -hmm. and in Jerusalem, who they slew and hanged on a tree. And then, you know, I think of, of John in First John, his comment upon the Lord's life that you know uh, that meaning that revelation of Himself, that time period from um, when they met Him, John First John one one that which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our words have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, we have seen it, bear witness, and show unto you the eternal life, which was with the Father manifested to us. So, you know, these, and I'm, I'm sure there's others, the, these statements regarding um, the Lord by those that, you know, were with him for three and a half years, the temptation would be... Uh, to even in these epistles to chronicle events mm. that you know that are already given to us but since they're given to us you know God leads the apostles to give different truth yeah. uh, but um, you know you would certainly you you would if it wasn't a divine book it would be very easy for these men to go off into uh, different thoughts when they're uh, whatever they're speaking about when Peter 
you know, Peter comes to mind that when Peter spoke about the transfiguration yes. in chapter 1 of Second Peter, mm-hmm. he says, uh, verse 16, We have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So, so he's, he's, he's bringing this up about the Lord's, uh, about his experience with the Lord only to establish a truth that, you know, looks forward to his kingdom. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for we, he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice uh, to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Now, you know, I mean, the, the transfiguration, uh, he could have gone into all the things that are given in the Gospels. You know, he was praying. And when this happened, we were sleeping, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yes, right. but, but he's he's bringing up the, the, the he's making, God, the Holy Spirit's making a point about the coming kingdom. And Peter is, is saying, listen, you can be sure of it. We saw it. We 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 yeah. we, uh, we got a preview. Right. Yeah, I'm sure the apostles had plenty of stories to tell. Oh. <laughs> well, you, you just before you want in uh, John 20 and verse 30, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus yes. is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you might have life through his name. So if it wasn't a divine book, then those things that are mentioned right there, that multitude of things, it would be easy exactly. just to, to take off and say, hey, by the way, you yes. remember? Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then you'd get the different versions of the story. Yeah. <laughs> You know, since the Bible is the Word of God, you uh, would expect to find, and in fact do, a perfect balance, um, uh, a highlighting of things that, and at time, at the time, mm-hmm. needs to be highlighted. That no words that are fluff or just you know filler. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything uh, has uh, divine purpose and, and focus and is sent forth uh, to accomplish whatever it is he intends. Well, that statement, uh, the Old Testament is Christ concealed, the New Testament is Christ revealed, the epistles are Christ explained. Ah. And so that's, they spend their time not talking about stories, but the significance of the yes. life of Christ. Amen. What he's accomplished, yeah. And the revelation is, you know, Christ uh, um, coming. When you said that, I was thinking of uh, Ephesians four, uh, five, no four, in uh, verse twenty-one. It says, uh, verse twenty. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so, that ye have heard him and have been taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. 
And, you know, once the Lord, the Lord's no longer, right? I mean, in Jerusalem, uh, he ascended into the glory. And so it's natural that the truth that the uh, apostles are going to be emphasized in the uh, epistles is going to deal with his current place. Hmm. You know? And, and uh, you know, it says you have not so learned Christ. He's not talking about, you know, just his, his life here below. He's talking about the uh, impact uh, in their lives of where he is now and how um, what 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 effect this has upon them that they've learned Christ the man in the glory uh-huh. and if so that you have heard him and you have been taught in him as the truth is in Jesus so Where I mean, is it that Paul just, says second uh, uh-huh. Corinthians in it know we know man after the flesh henceforth know we know man after the flesh wasn't that second Corinthians yeah yeah right yeah though we have known Christ second Corinthians 5. Yeah, verse 16. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Yeah, that's a great verse. Can you read that in your translation? You don't like the inspired one? Starting in uh, verse 2 Corinthians 5, 11. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord. We work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. We're commending ourselves. Um, we Are we committing ourselves to you again? <clears throat> no, we're giving you a reason to be proud of us. You can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, this is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love, verse 14, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Verse 15, he died for everyone so that those who receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. Verse 16. So we stopped evaluating others from a human viewpoint. I'm sorry, a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Old life is gone. A new life has begun. Yeah, how differently, in verse 18, how differently we know him now. You know, the uh, other translations may get more emphatic than uh, follow King James uh, <laughs> in that verse 16, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, you know, What's what's NET? I can't remember. New English translation? I'm not sure. Anyway, it, it says... Uh, New International Version. Yeah, oh, this is uh, NIV. This is NET. That's all right. For though we have known Christ from such a human point of view, now we do not know him in that way any longer. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying about the, the emphatic nature 
of we no longer know him as the one that walked in Galilee and in mm-hmm. Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. That's the point. I mean, we know the man in the glory. <coughs> same man, Jesus yes. Christ, same yesterday, day, and forever. Mm-hmm. So on that basis, verse 17, therefore, if any man in Christ, he's a new creature. Yes. All things are passed away, all things are become new. Yeah, NIV, you mentioned that. It says, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. So this, uh, the cross, the resurrection, has uh, established a, um, as you say, a new creation. And we know him as the head of that new creation. I mean, that's the way we'll know him in glory. Yes, right. Yep. I mean, it's not to ever forget. I mean, he's the lamb that was slain. That's never forgotten. Mm -hmm. Yes, right. It's really a neat way you can look up different translations uh, so easily in these apps, Bible Mm -hmm. apps. Mm -hmm. I remember, I don't know how many years ago, but you know, they used to publish uh, like a five translations, yes, right. and a big book, and they'd had them, you know, all laid across the page, yes, lined up next right. to each other. Yes. Yep. What's it called? Parallel version. Parallel. Thank you. Very <laughs> You know, the tendency is, of course, is. Uh, when you read a different version, well, you like the one that you understand the best. Uh-huh. It doesn't mean that it's the most accurate, right. you know, but you like it because you understand it. Yes, right. So what would that, you said, Brother Marty, uh, regarding to the Old Testament and the New Testament? And What's that? What's that? You, you made the point about the Old Testament. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, the Old Testament is Christ concealed. The new, the Gospels are Christ revealed, but the Epistles are Christ explained. Uh-huh. And then Revelation is Christ, what would you say? Apocalypse, the revealing. The revealing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I had a quote from a Daily Bread that at the very beginning of the book of Matthew, where you, I'm not sure where you got that saying that you just expressed, but uh, the Daily Bread said, Believing Christ died, that's history. Believing he died for me, that's salvation. Mm-hmm. One of the, uh, regarding the end of his life uh, and the record, you know, like in John's Gospel, you have the upper room and then you have his prayer in John 17, which is no place else. But then when he leaves uh, the upper room, he uh, um, it says in chapter 18, verse 1, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kidron. There was a garden into the which he entered and his disciples. It, it does not mention his prayer in the garden. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So is it that the um, the Lord's Prayer, chapter 17, was still in the upper room? Yeah. Well, they, doesn't it say, uh, um, when Jesus spoke in these words, he went forth with his disciples? But I, I think, as you said, someplace there's indication he was speaking as he was going. Isn't there? Say it again. Um, and 18, the first verse. When 18? Spoken, he went out. Yes. He went forward, went out. Yes. Where there was a garden. Right, so it starts back in uh, chapter 13. Now, before the feast of the Passover, Jesus knew his time and uh, his hour has come that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his. Oh, but she. she didn't even see that. But, you know, in, in the. In the prayer of John 17, uh, you know, when it says, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven. Uh, I know I've heard something about the possibility of them having left the upper room and uh, mm -hmm. his prayer being outside, but I'm not sure. But it's, it's well, what a, what a, uh, uh, a powerful witness to the distinction in John's gospel that, you know, this mm. prayer uh, in the garden is not even referred to, mm. not referenced. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, and that, and that, you know, what a contrast when these soldiers come and, uh, you know, when you see him in the other Gospels praying and, and the, his sweat is where great drops of blood, disciples sleeping, uh, just this tremendous, you know, who can, nobody can know what he was enduring with the cross just before him. And, uh, and anyone that's had some situation that they've, you know, a terrible, you know, maybe a, a, a life or death operation or something, and it's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, mm -hmm. the, you know, I mean, this was something that incomparable with human experience. Mm -hmm. But uh, he, he he rises for prayer when they come, and the next thing you know, when he says "I am," they go backwards and fall on their faces. In verse six, "I am." They went away backward and fell mm -hmm. to the ground. I don't think they went away, but fell backwards. I think they went away and fell forwards. You know, I don't know how many soldiers there were. Maybe somebody has some idea. It was a large number of soldiers, but that 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 would be very impacting <laughs> to be, you know, to have a power forcing you back and then causing you to fall on your face. Um, I mean, that would be an experience that would definitely make an imprint 
mm. you know, in your mind at that moment. I wonder if any of them, after his resurrection, you know, um, as they would talk this over with one another, you remember in the garden, you remember mm. what happened? Mm. In Matthew uh, 26, just to conclude our time together, Matthew 26, uh, 47. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came with him. Um, well, while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves mm -hmm. from the chief priests and elders of the people. In other words, these weren't Roman soldiers. These were the Jews' uh, own people. Great multitude with swords, staves, from the chief priests and elders of the people. And verse 53, well, verse 52, And Jesus said to them, Put up again thy sword in this place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to the Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels. Hmm. And how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that must be, that, it, that thus it must be. Well, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for this great Savior, the Lord Jesus, and all that we have concerning him. Whether it's the Old Testament, or the Gospels, or the Epistles, or the Revelation, the Apocalypse. We thank you for this great and mighty Savior and this great, great, great salvation that we have a part in. We're so uh, blessed. We pray that you'd help us to appreciate more and more each day how blessed we are, how much we've been forgiven. We would be free in Christ, have our eyes open to be free in Christ, to serve him with the lives you've given us. Yeah. We just thank you for, uh, again, our time together in the word. And to ponder this great Savior, all that he's done. Praise you and thank you. Amen. Amen.